Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder. All right, tributes still coming in from Matthew Perry. The actor was found unresponsive in his Los Angeles home over the weekend. Perry's 10 seasons on Friends made him one of Hollywood's most recognizable actors. He played the quick-witted, insecure, and erotic roommate of Joey. During the show's hijinks, he would be counted on to chime in with a line like, could this be more awkward? Perry was very open about his long and public struggle with addiction, writing at the beginning of his 2022 best-selling memoir, Hi, my name is Matthew. Although you may know me by another name, my friends call me Maddie, and I should be dead. Friends aired from 94 to 2004. Brenda, my daughter's 16, and she wanted to watch Friends, so I guess the youngsters are still into it. So people, of course, I think know who Perry is. This is the way I want to start. There's lots of angles we get to do, Brandon. If at the height of your powers, when you were 24 years old, we gave you a bunch of money and fame and we dropped you off in Hollywood, what would have happened to you? That's a great question. I honestly don't know. I, I think because I come from a survivor's mentality and a messed up home life originally, I, I don't think that I was, I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, who, when you're, when you're faced with like people throwing stuff at you, you could get yourself in trouble. I, I don't think I ever had the deep insecurity of someone who needed someone to tell them that they were really good. For me, it was about achieving. For me, it was about proving to people that I could do it. So if I became a famous actor, I think that's probably all that would really motivate me was the fact that people knew I'd made it. The other thing of fame and all that wouldn't do it for me. Okay, so you answered the question correctly. I don't know. I think a lot of people hear Matthew Perry and they're like, oh, he was famous and rich and had mm-hmm. a drug problem, blah, blah, blah. You have no idea how you would react as a 24-year-old with fame, right. money in Hollywood. Nobody, none of us, none of us knows that answer. The pressures that would come at you. Yeah. You just, you don't know that. So I guess I just wanted to get that out of the air. I think there, I, I don't know how people felt. I mean, were you a giant Friends fan? You know, I, I think I was a cursorily, I mean, I watched it like a lot of people did. I wasn't one of those full on, like, gotta watch it every week. In fact, there are many friend shows I've never seen. I mean, I knew the, the basic format and I loved the characters. There were some great characters. I was actually more of a Seinfeld guy. So I, that was the one show that I was religious about watching. I think that was more my sense of humor. I think Friends was like, hey, we're, we're beautiful 20, 30 somethings and we're living in New York and we're, you know, I don't know. It just never really related to me, but I definitely liked the characters of a lot of them. I mean, I loved, you know, I, you know Chandler Bingham. I mean, he was he and Joey watching uh, Baywatch together. It was great. It was a great way to meet chicks in the late 90s. Sure. That's how I, you know, girls would like to watch the show. It's like anything, even more so back in the late 90s, where we didn't have the internet where everything was rampant. It's mm-hmm. what everybody was watching. So if you wanted to be on the know, that's sort of why you watched Friends. The article that I got from today. They call that a water cooler show. Exactly. Thank you. It was a water cooler show. The anger we're going to take on Matthews. Um, we got this article that said Perry once said he couldn't watch the sitcom because his appearance was a reminder of his alcoholism and opioid addiction. Quote, I was taking 55 Vicodin a day. Oh my God. I weighed 128 pounds. I was on Friends getting watched by 30 million people, and that's why I can't watch the show. I was like brutally thin and being beaten down so badly by the disease. 55 Vicodin a day. 
I think it's really hard, no matter what, if you're a creative type or if you're an artist and you try to re-listen to yourself. You have to hear that about people like, I can't watch my movies. I've been doing some old edits, some remastering of some shows, and it's like, it's painful to listen to myself talk. Not because I don't like the sound of my voice necessarily, but more be, like, sometimes people just don't like the way they sound. But for me, it's about, wow, I could have done a better job there. But that's not why he was didn't want to watch it. He was seeing a really messed up person and he knew that he was messed up and that's like he knew the truth behind all the other stuff i don't know if you saw the friends reunion it came out about a year ish or so ago it was on hbo max i did not those people all look horrible well david schwimmer looked okay lisa kudrow was all right jennifer Anderson. but it's hard to grow up on tv because right. you have to watch yourself get old on tv and by the way everybody else watches yourself get old on mm-hmm. TV. So, you know, there's newscasters that like literally grow up on TV and it's, I don't want to see myself on TV getting fatter. <laughs> That's yeah. And he, I mean, you know, I, I know there's a whole lot that's been written about this and I know a lot of people have paid a lot of attention. I'm not going to lie and say I've paid a lot of attention. I knew that he had had a drug problem. I knew that he was in rehab, whatever, but I did not realize the extent to which he had a drug problem. This dude was a, professional drug addict. He was hardcore. But he said he was in and out of rehab 16 times. I mean, clearly he Detoxed 65 times. Right. He had clearly a desire to be clean, but he could not be clean. Like it was so, the disease had taken him so thoroughly that he was aware of what it was doing to him, but yet he could not stop it. To me, that's the sad part about all this. Imagine in your life, all of the bad moments of your life were being played for everybody to watch. That's what he, the comedy yeah. makes. Like he watches friends and he goes like, oh, that's when I was addicted to cocaine and that's when I was on barbiturates. Like that would be a, a tough existence. Well, I think it's also too that, that Chandler Bingham's character was like this joyful innocent. Yeah, yeah. Right, when you see it, you, you think, you know, if you heard that one of the other characters had been, you know, messing around with whatever, you'd probably be like, oh, but Chandler was like the eternal optimist. He was the goofy guy. Yeah. And to see that he was so dark, I watched the John Mulaney documentary, uh, not documentary, the, the stand-up where he talks about his addiction Oof. and, you know, about the intervention and all that. And he has a sense of humor around it, but it's no joke, man. It is horrible. I went to an intervention and it was one of the most painful experiences of my life. Just, and I wasn't even the person being intervened. You know, it was, it was just watching people that it's come to the point where people need to get in their life to say, you've got to stop or you're going to die. That's just amazing. There, there's something phenomenal about that. You started by asking the question, what would I do if that had happened to me when I was 24? I think that you would be foolish to say, oh, I know what I would do. I'm like, no, I don't know wouldn't. if I had just gajoodles of money at me. My bet is knowing myself the way I do now as a 50 something, I would probably be one of those people that fully and and I get these people and I respect these people that like say, I'm out, you know, pull the ripcord. I'm moving to Idaho or whatever. I got a lot of money. You know, it's the people that are addicted to fame. No, I'm saying if you're addicted to fame, like the guy that went to Michigan and there's the Josh Hartnett that kind of disappeared. I'm saying that was self-protection. I'm not saying I would do that necessarily, but I would say I would like to think that I could pull the ripcord and get out of there. That's my point. Nobody knows what they would do. Right. Go back to your original point is nobody knows how they react. I don't know. No, I don't. You're absolutely right. 
He said he prayed for fame a few weeks before being cast. And friends, prayer wrote that he knelt and closed his eyes, said, God, you can do whatever you want me. Just make me famous. So then obviously he gets friends and becomes famous. Mm. You know, people go to Hollywood. Actors go because they're insecure with themselves. You know, mm-hmm. you that's not a place you go to find yourself. It's no. more of a place you go to lose yourself, right? There's some, and so you think fame or you think money is going to, I mean, we all know this trope, right? You're not really going to know yourself. All you're going to do is dole the pain when you get money and fame. And so I know we all think we all want to be at Chandler Bing and actor, blah, 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 but man, that is, it, it's no joke. It would be no joke. No. And it's and it's not even just like the creative type. I kind of feel like if you're super creative and you really want to create great drama, or you're like you're an actor. I think a lot of those people end up going to the the stage. It's a different medium, but I think that they really think that's their thing. I think a lot of people that go to Hollywood just want to be famous. Like he yeah, prayed to be yeah. famous. He didn't yeah. pray to be a great actor. He didn't pray to be. Yeah. And and he Is was it- honest in that. And I think that's a big part of this. We had this. Uh, I, I, I won't name any names, but there was a student I once taught who has become very famous. I do not have not talked to the student since they left my school. They are beyond just B-list. They are kind of an A-list actor. And when I knew them, they were a really kind of a nerdy, insecure kid. And I was, I've always thought to myself, what drove them to want to do that? And good on them that they became famous. But my point is, I agree with you that I think that there's a certain type that seeks that fame out. So along your line, I heard an interview with Matt Damon, actor Matt Damon. He freaking loves acting. He was talking about scenes like where the camera comes, the light, Mm -hmm. where you turn. He could tell you the deep nuances of, he has so much passion for the craft of how to portray characters. It is unbelievable. And he's like one of those people, like he went into acting because that's what he loves. And it turns out he makes great movie, got famous and got a lot of money, but he loved acting. I'm not going to compare him to Matt Perry, but he said he prayed for fame. Yeah. It's interesting because we all know the story of uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and sort of yeah. they're working together at Harvard and they grew Ben's up together. Ben's had his problems. Ben's had his problems. And I think that if they sat down together, they would probably say, yeah, I you know, Matt Damon has, has actually, you don't hear a lot, a whole lot about it. You hear he's a father and got kids and same wife and, you know, kind of a simpler life. It seems on the story. Again, we don't know anything. Could be crazy that's going on there. But Ben Affleck has just gone from one thing to the other. He's got, you know, he, it's, it's just, it's hard. Fame is really hard. Isn't this interesting that, like, the advice for my kids would be, find something that you really love to do. Is it yeah. teaching? Is it social working, helping people? Mm-hmm. Is it being a pastor? Like if I could give my kids one gift, I would love to give them the gift of loving something and not, hey, you're going to be a millionaire or you're going to be right. financially secure. That it, you love doing this thing every That's what I would give them. Yeah, that would be a great gift to give them. I think about you and I embarked on this journey and I, I've thought a lot, reflected a lot lately on why I chose to do this and how different I've been doing it for about seven years now i did and i i've said this before and i really believe this i'd much rather be sort of a successful behind the scenes guy that was being able to create and do these cool things in this medium without being famous 
Like I fear fame. Like if I got now, if I got famous, I'd be like, oh, I don't want people to meet, seeing me on the street acting yes. like they know me. It'd be horrible. You, I think, love fame. You would have exploded in a in a, just a burst of flames had you become famous at that age. I have said forever, I wanted us to have a drive time radio show. That's how long my dreams for us have gone back. I was like, man, if we run the radio from three to six, you're such a lightning bolt, uh, stick of dynamite. You just either piss people off or they love you. Right. You're just, you've got this radioactive material all over you. I've thought forever, this is exactly what you should be doing. And I hope I get to see you exactly do what you're doing. That means people would listen, rate subscribe share their show with people and we'd get to do it but i honestly feel like this is a, what you're meant to be doing well i agree with you larry whether or not we can continue to do this forever is yeah. up to the, is up to the the fates but we do appreciate people listening thank you for subscribing and larry once again thank you for teaching me that i have no idea what i would do if i got famous